Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey, Renee. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey Miss Tam. What's up with you? Oh, man. Let me tell you, I had a fantastic weekend. What was fantastic about it? Well, I always love traveling, and there are times where I do go places other than Vegas. <laughs> but this time, I went and traveled up to Portland. Oh, I didn't know you went to Portland. You were holding out. I forgot to mention that to you, and, and I knew that there was something last week that I was going to tell you on the podcast, and it wasn't until after we had already recorded that I said, I forgot to tell her about my trip to Portland. <laughs> okay, Renee, I got one quick question for you regarding your trip to Portland. Okay. Did you bring me back a pair of Nikes? <laughs> I wish I did, but <laughs> I didn't even bring myself a pair of Nikes. <laughs> oh, boo. It's the first time that I've ever been there. And I'm going to be honest with you, what a beautiful place that is. And uh, I mean, if you like wet weather, cold weather, I mean, it's, it's obviously the place for you but because it was rainy and cold. I thoroughly enjoyed myself out there. And I mean, I think I probably went to more breweries in the three days I was there than I have in all my lifetime. And I had a really, really good time there. And that was pretty much my whole weekend. I, I was able to come back on Saturday for my buddy's birthday party that he had that night. But I was able to uh, be home for that Sunday to uh, watch the race and uh, soak in some football, even though my Cowboys weren't playing. Oh, well, sounds like a pretty eventful weekend. I'm going to tell you what I did. I went to the Vu Clico Polo Classic. Yes, I did say polo. And you know what? They were actually playing cornhole at the polo match, believe it or not. But Vu Clico is a champagne, kind of like a Don Perignon, but not, I don't think it's as expensive, but it's just as good. But they do a polo classic in Los Angeles as well as New York and mm -hmm. people play polo. But it's like going to the Kentucky Derby because people get all dressed up and the women wear their hats and their best outfits and all that good stuff. And yeah, that's what I did on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it was all about Talladega, baby. I mean, I cleared off my entire schedule. Let me just tell you about Sunday. I screamed so much at the TV. <laughs> I thought that I was going to lose my voice. I and when it. I stopped screaming, it was only because it was a caution. But I cussed the TV. I actually, I never get angry where I throw something. I actually slam something on my carpet. Yeah, I live in Los Angeles. We have carpet, not hardwood yeah, floors. Exactly. But I was so <laughs> upset at Joey Logano. Joey was blocking like a linebacker. He put so many blocks on Dale Jr. and everybody else. I don't care what anybody say. If it wasn't for Joey Logano, Brad Kozlowski would not have won that race, in well, my he opinion. Played, he played more defense than most of the NFL teams did that day. <laughs> I, that stuck out to me a lot, too. The fact that Logano was doing his best. And I'm sure maybe he would have liked to have won the race just for his own self-purpose. You knew right away just by doing all of that. You know, he was trying to help out his boy. And I, wow. and I, hey, and it worked out. I mean, Keselowski won the dang race. So it worked in some kind of way. I can tell you this. 
I was so into this race from the start. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I will tell you it was a thriller. It didn't let me down. It was action packed from the start to the finish. And not so much because, yeah, we had the big one, but people don't realize the big one didn't come until I believe 17 laps before the finish. Yeah. You had so much other drama going on. It just was good racing. It wasn't about, oh yeah, it was exciting because this person wrecked and tore up a $250,000 car. It was because it was some great racing going on. In fact, Mm. I almost thought we were going to get through without having the big one. But of course, it's Talladega and the big one came and then another one came and then another one came. Because I think. Yeah, it, it just seemed like wreck after wreck after wreck after that one. Man, <laughs> as they say, cautions breed cautions. Ironically, you know, every week you can quote me as saying that we're not going to finish a race without Jeffrey Earnhardt or Danica Patrick being involved somehow, some way in a caution. People were upset with me. One guy was like, oh, it wasn't Jeffrey's fault. I never said that it was Jeffrey Earnhardt or Danica Patrick's fault. They're just always involved in something. And the one with Jeffrey made no sense to me because I was like, was he trying to get on pit roll? Like, what the hell happened? I think that happened before the big one. And then it was the big one. But we all know the big one knocked off most of the playoff drivers. And on that note, before we go any further, Renee... Let me break down the top 10 at Talladega. Yeah, let's do it. We already know Brad Keselowski, bad Brad, was good. And he took home the checkered flag at Talladega. Ryan Newman. Yes, I was screaming. You know, I'm a Brad Keselowski fan, but I'm a Ryan Newman fan. So when Ryan Newman was leading those laps, I was like, go, 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 go. I mean, I was standing in front of the TV like a kid watching cartoons. I could not help myself. But I was so excited for Newman. And then next thing I know, I was like, wait, there go Dale Jr. Dale going to get him some of this win. And then Joey blocked him. And it was so much going on. And Brad, I don't know how it happened, but I feel like somehow the air got sucked off of Ryan Newman. I don't really know exactly what happened. I feel like I blinked. The next thing I know, Brad was like, see ya. But Brad Keselowski won. Ryan Newman second, your boy Trevor Bain third, because this just proves Mm. anything is possible at Talladega. Logano did all that and only came in fourth. And I say only because the way he was driving, he should have won, really. Yeah, no kidding, right? Eric Amarola came in fifth. Now, yeah, how about that? Yeah, I did see him was he was involved in some kind of incident or accident at the end of the race. But I was actually shocked he was uh, still in there. Yeah. Denny Hamlin, who was actually my prediction to win, came in sixth. Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was my dark horse, came in seventh. Casey Kane, nobody mentioned Casey Kane's name all during the race. And that guy came in eighth place. Gray Galding, who I always say Gary, but it's actually Gray, he came in seventh. I don't even know what number his car is, but kudos and congrats to him. But not to diminish his top 10 finish, but as I said earlier, and I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating, you never know who's going to be in the top 10 at Talladega. I mean, we just read off Trevor Bain in third, Greg Galden in ninth, and David Reagan in 10th. And I recall David Reagan being caught up, I believe, in the big one. I know he was caught up in another accident. Honestly, there was not a driver who 
car was clean, if you want to just use that word, except Denny Hamlin. I think Denny's car was the only car that wasn't that banged up. On that note, because if you were really paying attention, you heard and you saw on Sunday, not many playoff drivers in the top 10, Renee. Yeah, I know. In fact, you only had one playoff driver in the top 10, and that was Brad Keselowski, who won the dang thing. Hamlin came in 11th, and I'm reading off playoff drivers at this point. Kyle Larson, 13th. Matt Kenseth, my man, 14th. Chase Elliott, 16th. Ryan Blaney, 18th. And just one note, Larson, Chase, and Blaney put on a show. Man, I thought Mm -hmm. Chase Elliott was going to win, but then he did what he's been doing lately. He couldn't close. Harvick came in 20th. Martin Truex Jr., he didn't even get a top 10. He came in 23rd. Jimmy Johnson, your boy, came in 24th. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. came in 26th. Kyle Busch, Mr. Rowdy, 27th. And Jamie McMurray. Jamie, he was like one of the first people to crash at Talladega. He came in 37th. Yeah, I was just about to tell you. I think Jamie McMurray got it first. Yeah, I mean, Talladega was wild. And in case you were wondering, since we're talking about playoffs, as it is now, the standings, there are 12 drivers still remaining. But as we know, after Kansas next week, which we'll talk about in a little bit, there are only going to be eight drivers. As it is now, Truex Jr. is in the top spot. Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Harvick, Hamlin, Chase, Blaney, and Jimmy Johnson are your top eight drivers. And if the playoffs started today, they would be in. If the playoffs started today, Bush, as in Kyle Bush, Matt Kenseth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Jamie McMurray would be out because they're on the other side of the line when it comes to the playoff bubble. Now, yeah. later on, when we give our predictions, because we're going into Kansas, which is the last race of this round of playoffs, we're going to tell you who we think is not going to make it. But we mm-hmm. still got a few more things to talk about. We need to jump into some driver's talk. And we got to tell you what's going on in NASCAR. I don't even know if we should do our fan comment of the week, but we will just because. And then we're going to give you some Kansas predictions and tell you guys who we predict won't make it to the next round. So let's jump into some driver's talk. Renee, your boy Martin Truex Jr. has full sponsorship going into 2018. Yeah, he sure does. I mean, that's not surprising, Tim. Did we expect that he wasn't going to get sponsorship? It's another driver that confuses me more than anything else that doesn't have sponsorship. If you have been hiding under a rock and not paying attention to NASCAR talk, Mr. Truex Jr. has, who is his sponsors? He has Five Hour Energy Drink and who else is coming on board with Mr. Truex next year? Yeah, he's got Bass Pro Shops and Auto Owners Insurance, and all three are jumping on board. And I mean, look at the way Martin Truex Jr. has been driving all season. I mean, who wouldn't want to jump on that bandwagon? This guy's been, he's been driving lights out all season. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been pretty consistent with having sponsors for the Denver-built number 78 Toyota. So, Mm -hmm. hey, more kudos to Truex Jr. Okay, Dell Jr., let's just jump right into it. Congratulations. There was some news about a baby, but it wasn't just news. And I'm just going to say this, although we know every week Renee gives you the Dell Jr. update. 
There was yeah, a I've, okay. So going back to yeah. Landon Castle, supposedly I didn't hear it. I wasn't able to confirm it. I just saw it on Twitter a lot during the race on Sunday. Apparently, Dell Jr. said the F word, Landon Castle, on the radio. I never got to the bottom of that because I didn't get a chance to. Because then, 24 hours later, Dale sends out a tweet, which was a screenshot of his conversation on text message with Landon Castle, where he says something to the effect of his wife, as in Landon Castle, his wife is a psychic and she dreamed that there was some baby and all this stuff. And then Dale Jr. just came right out and announced that him and Amy are expecting. I mean, that's just great news altogether. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, here's a guy who has made it known that he wants to start a family. He's looking to have children. And then they announced it originally, I believe, on their Instagram before they did their Twitter. But it was so cute that the way they did it, they put these little pink pair of like, you know, sneakers, and it, it was so adorable, Tam. Oh my God. Like, for a guy to say, you know, how adorable that is and cute, it really was. And I'm so happy for them. What a gorgeous woman. They're going to make some really good looking babies. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm disappointed. I'm excited for them, but I'm disappointed because I would have liked to see Dell's baby grow up on the track the way we saw Keelan, as in Kevin Harvick's son, grow up. Right. And, like, I feel like I know the little kid personally because we've been there since day one, since he came out. He was on mm-hmm. the track. I don't feel the same connection to Kyle Bush's baby, his son, although he's been there since day one, or even with Clint Boyer's kid, Cash, for that matter. But Keelan had stole my heart a long time ago, so I always felt this connection with Keelan. And I would just hope that we could see little Delette, because I know she's a girl, <laughs> if we could see her on the track. But he won't be <laughs> racing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was I, enough. I, I, I was very I, extra. I totally agree, Tam, because I think... That's the way Dale Jr. grew up. You know, you're right. And uh, it's just fitting that it would have been nice to see his child. And even though it's going to be a little girl, I mean, it would have been nice just to see her kind of grow up on the track. Who, who, who knows? Hey, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see another female behind the wheel of a stock car. Come on, let's, let's be honest. It's 2017. So what else is going on with Dale Jr., Renee? They gave him a gift at Talladega. You want to talk about a gift. They basically gave him a farewell gift. This was on Friday, by the way. They gave Dale Jr. the Chevy Monte Carlo that his dad drove on his way to his first championship. And when they unveiled that, Tam, I mean, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. But I mean, what what a old school car that was. And the fact that they put that car in Dale Jr.'s hands. I mean, it was very emotional for all of them that day, especially Amy, Dale's wife, who just busted out in tears. But I mean, how Dale Jr. kept it together is beyond me. But he took it around the track for a couple of laps. And uh, I mean, what a car. What's so interesting also about uh, his day on Sunday was for years, Stevie Waltrip, which is Daryl Waltrip's wife, uh, who gave Dale Earnhardt uh, a Bible verse to keep in his car on race day every day, every Sunday. Well, after his death, she continued that tradition with Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Dale Jr. and Daryl Waltrip, you know, kind of like took a look back at all that. Tam, I don't even know if you know this about me, but I'm not the biggest religious person in the world. But But I just think that just on that level, that just speaks volumes that Stevie Waltrip was still able to continue that 
even after Senior's death with Dale Jr. And the fact that they were able to still kind of look back at that and still kind of do that, that's pretty powerful. And no matter what way you look at that, I don't know if you you have any thoughts on that, but I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not sure if I shared this on the podcast ever, but probably about three or four years ago, I had the pleasure of hanging out with DW down at his shop in Charlotte Mm -hmm. or in North Carolina, it's right outside of Charlotte. And he shared the most amazing story about the day that Earnhardt Sr. passed away. And he shared a story about the Bible verse and everything that had happened that day because Stevie was actually late, if I'm not mistaken, with the Mm. Bible verse the day that Sr. died. And I would just tell you, people say what they want to say about D.W. Daryl Waltrip on Fox. I love the guy. That's why they call him Jaws. But if you listen to the podcast, you know I can talk. So when I met DW, (laughs) we were talking. Right. It was actually, it's one of my fondest NASCAR memories, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, no, I just adore the fact that that tradition continued even after Senior passed. It's really, really cool. The other cool thing that I also thought happened on Sunday, Tam, was uh, Kislowski also paid a tribute to Dale Jr. on his uh, last racing day at Talladega, which I thought was really, really cool. And he announced his throwback tribute to Dale Earnhardt Jr. earlier in the week. And this is the one thing I loved about Kislowski, Tam, is that he put this throwback scheme on his car on Sunday. And it was basically the paint scheme that he used to drive. Uh, when he used to drive for Junior Motorsports uh, in the Xfinity Series. And he kind of had that throwback scheme on his number two. And he had a on his back bumper, I don't know if you saw this, where it said cheers to Dale Jr. at the number 88. I can't remember exactly what, what it said on the back it bumper. It actually but. said cheers to Junior. And of yeah. course I saw it. How couldn't you see it? Because yeah, it, of it, course they made it a storyline as in right. NBC. But it was just a storyline. I mean, it was the irony, the fact that Dale Jr. pretty much essentially for those last few laps was trying to ride the bumper of Kozlowski, who actually won. So I thought it was just pretty much (laughs) crazy, the fact that he won when we all was hoping. I don't care who you were. You were hoping that Jr. won that race. He won the race in a tribute card to Jr. that we all thought that Jr. should have won. Right, exactly. And that's so on point because I was thinking the same thing you were. We can talk about Dell Jr. forever, and I'm sure we will be talking about Dell Jr. for sure the next week with the announcement of the baby news. But before we jump into some predictions and our fan comment of the week, wasn't there some chatter about some pimp gun or something with NASCAR? Yeah, you know, Jeff Gluckhead wrote something. And basically what it was is that he was saying that NASCAR is planning to mandate standard pit gun beginning in the 2018 season. What this basically means is that everybody's going to have a standard pit gun to have in the pits when the cars come in, obviously. What that means is teams like Joe Gibbs Racing, which was known for its pit gun development, they're going to lose a potential advantage next season if this happens. Because, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing pit crews kind of fixed a way to where they could get the pit gun, I guess, in unison with the the tire changer. And they developed a system to where it could help them change the tires faster. Well, if they go to a regular standard pit gun, well, it takes the advantage for them and it just kind of gives everybody... I don't know. For me, Tim, 
I think sometimes NASCAR should just leave things alone. And this is one of them. And to me, it doesn't really make any sense. Well, what it seems to be is that maybe all of Brad Keselowski's barking and screaming about the Toyotas having an advantage is being played out in regards to the pit guns. Because you just said that is, right. that is Joe Gibbs Racing that has these special pit guns, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, and who's going to be hurt the most from this new rule? Joe Gibbs Racing uh, okay. drivers. <laughs> so we don't even need to go any further with that conversation because I yep, think there, there it go. is right there. So let's go on to the fan comment of the week and some predictions. Our fan comment of the week is going to come straight from our Twitter chat that went down today. Twitter chat was pretty lit, as we would say, because it was all about Talladega. And some of the comments were interesting. We enjoyed all of them. But I want to read one of the first comments. And this came from our friends over at PETM Racing Podcast. You can find them on the Twitter at PETM Podcast. That's their username. We posed the question. And it simply stated, Kyle Busch said Talladega and Daytona aren't real racing. Do you agree? What are your thoughts on restrictor plate racing, good or bad? Our friends, they chimed in and said, this is probably a bad analogy, but it's like our cheerleading and gymnastic sports takes a hell of an athlete to do them, but not a sport. I totally get what that comment is about, but I can kind of agree with that. Well, to go further into it, It pretty much is about a lot of people don't like Talladega. They don't like restrictor plate racing. And that's what that comment was saying is that technically, depending on how you feel, restrictor plate racing is not real racing, if that makes sense. Uh, Some other comments, and this will kind of put a little bit of clarity. We have Michelle Sijin. She's user Shell, C-H-E-L-L-E, Bean, B-E-A-N, 316. She chimed in and said, he's exactly right. You can be good at restrictor plate racing and never win at a plate track. It's luck more than anything. She also said, I used to like watching, but ever since AD's crash at the end of Daytona and Kyle's crash where he broke his leg, I can't stand it. Our boy Front Row Kenny, he says that he disagrees. The nature of plate racing is a crapshoot, of course. I'll give him that, but that he enjoyed plate racing. Larry Lee, user LBLEE58, he chimed in and said, I like watching races at Daytona and Talladega. However, don't think either should be in the playoffs. Good cars taken out by mistakes. User Becky underscore ELSEN, she chimed in and said, I don't agree with Kyle. I like restrictor plate racing. User loose underscore lug underscore nut. He said, if Kyle Busch doesn't like it, then I'm all for it. Okay. And we'll read a comment from Patrick D-R-O-N-78. He chimes in and says, it's real racing. Mostly it's a driver putting his or herself in a position to either finish well or win. But plate racing isn't easy. And lastly... I will read Daily NASCAR Scoop's comment, and that's user NASCAR Daily. He simply chimes in and says, I like restrictor plate racing. It's dangerous and unpredictable, but I don't see it going away anytime soon. Hashtag NASCAR. He also chimes in and says, I think Bush refers to plate tracks as 
fake because he hasn't had much success there. Hashtag NASCAR. Oh, and one last comment from our other friends over at, and I'll spell it, mm-hmm. M-O-A-T-F podcast. They chimed in and said, as a fan, I love it. As an owner, I'd hate it. As a driver, I like it if I won and hate it if I didn't. So that sums it up pretty much. Wow. Okay. Now, (laughs) one quick thing I also want to chime in and read you guys. This is actually a poll that we posted and we simply stated, this is random, but we are curious to know, would you rather watch a restrictor plate or a road course race? Hashtag NASCAR talk. Renee, what do you think people chimed in and said? I'm going to go with road course. Uh, wrong. 58% said they would rather see a restrictor plate race. 36% said roll course and 6% said neither. Okay, well, we already have established from episode one, your girl Tam likes restrictor plate racing. Exactly. There it is. Okay, so let's go into some predictions. We are at Kansas. This is the elimination race. Renee, who do (sighs) you have? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Well, I'm going to just give you my predictions right off the bat, and I'll give you my dark horse. I am going with my winner in Kansas this weekend, and it's going to be the number 48, Jimmy Johnson. I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. The number 48 is my winner. Now, my dark horse, and don't ask me why, I just have a feeling that this guy's going to pull out a win, but I'm going to go with my dark horse is Kevin Harvick. I don't know why. Oh, the veterans. You're saying they they will get yeah. it done. Yeah, I am. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you who I'm going to pick, but not before I give you the quick history lesson. We raced twice a year at Kansas and our past 10 winners for the October race. And it wasn't always the October race because way back it used to be the September race. But our October race, it pretty much goes like this in regards to the past winners, past 10 winners, that is. Kevin Harvick won in 2016, 2015 Logano, 2014 Logano, 2013 Kevin Harvick, 2012 Kinsey, 2011 Jimmy Johnson, 2010 my man Greg Biffle, 2009, my main man. Tony Stewart. Oh my goodness, I feel like we haven't said Tony Stewart's name in so long. Hey, Tony, 2008, Jimmy Johnson, and 2007, Greg Biffle, the Biff. Okay, just some patterns. Jimmy Johnson is only a three-time winner at Kansas. Harvick, Logano, and Kensit are two-time winners at Kansas. Kyle Busch is a four-time winner in the Xfinity Series at Kansas, and he actually has won the last three races at Kansas in the Xfinity Series. He's only won one time in cup, and that came last year in May. Now, on that note, who am I picking? My picks are very simple. I'm going with Matt Kenseth because I'm going with Matt Kenseth. Don't ask me nothing except (laughs) why I'm going with Matt Kenseth. And I'm just going to tell you because I'm going with Matt Kenseth. Okay, so that's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. And in regards to Dark Horses... I am going, to, I want to go with Kyle Bush because he's on a bubble, I think, in regards to the playoffs. 
Yeah. Yeah, because he's on the cut line. Yeah, and that wreck on Sunday didn't help us. Help us. Uh, I know, but I'm feeling like I need to go with Kevin Harvick. So I'm going with Matt Kenseth as my pick to win and Kevin Harvick as my dark horse. And before and we close out, I'm going to give you my picks of the four drivers I don't think will make it to the next round of the playoffs. Drum roll, And please. that includes Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because enough is enough. Yeah. No hate on Ricky, but enough is enough. He's out of here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't see any light for Jamie McMurray. Now, this is tough because I need to pick two more people, but I don't know who to pick because I'm not going to pick Matt Kenseth because I'm not going to put that hate on his name like that. Yeah. And I'll be a fool to bet against Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch. So I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. Oh, wait, I guess I should be going with who I picked at the beginning, but that's all out the window and I don't feel like looking at my chart. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Jamie McMurray, Ryan Blaney, and this is going to be a fool's bet. I don't know. I don't want to go with Jimmy. Wait, who did I just pick to win? Matt Kenseth and Harvick, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going with Chase Elliott. That's not to make the next round. I know, even though he's in sixth position. I, you know what? Yeah. I should have been checking the points because it may be damn near impossible for him to be eliminated, huh? Okay, so mm. let me retract that. I'm going with Ricky Stenhouse, Jamie McMurray, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Busch. There you go. That just seems wrong. And okay. You know what? It sounds wrong, but I'm going to be honest with you. The four that I see not going either is the same three, except for I have Matt Kenseth included in that not going and i know that probably hurts your heart tam but i just don't see Matt kenseth making it into it but i know you got to choose him because it's matt kenseth and that's who you're picking <laughs> okay so you going with ricky stenhouse jr jamie mcmurray matt kenseth and who's your fourth ryan blaney okay so ladies and gentlemen friends and listeners well i guess if you are a listener you're a friend and hopefully if you're a friend you're a listener so mm-hmm. what I just said didn't make sense. But on that no, note, Renee. But it made sense to me. Okay, Renee, we're done for today? Oh, let me tell you. I just want to thank everybody for tuning into our podcast, just like I always do each and every week. Because I can speak for Tam and myself. And we always appreciate you guys tuning into our podcast. And you know, if you have any fans out there that you know that love to talk NASCAR, love to listen to NASCAR, please send them over our way. Listen to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Please subscribe to us, rate, review us, leave us a comment too, please, guys. We really appreciate all the comments that you leave. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you have predictions, if you want to chime in to us and hit us up on our social media, you can find us across the board on Twitter, Instagram, at Turns No Breaks. Hit us up on our Facebook page as well. You can also do that. But for Tim and myself, just like we always say each and every week, thank you very much for tuning in. Be kind to each other, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 